0: Daniels Podcast, and it is Tuesday-vis, which means it is myself, Colby Daniels, and Aaron Davis. Aaron, what's happening?
1: Not much. Uh, I will refrain this week from bringing up baseball, so because,
0: you know, so much football to talk about, but uh, yes. I will just say,
1: I'm, I'm hurting right now. Last uh, last couple games have been tough, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. You're trying, you're, you're baiting me, to you're baiting
0: I'm me hurting. right now, and I so badly want to uh, rub your nose in it a little bit, but I will wait till the end of the podcast.
1: I'll just say... Having a team hit three grand slams <laughs> in eleven
0: innings against you—it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard on the soul. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. The good thing is it gets away so quickly that uh, you don't get heartbroken. So it's a little That's easier true. to stomach yeah. those, I think, than the walk-offs, in my opinion.
1: I, I, yeah. And I had started the game a little bit behind behind last night, so like I was DVRing through like the first like all the commercials for the first three innings. And by the time I got caught up, I watched like an inning and a half, and I was like, eh, "This is over. I'm gonna yeah. let's do something else."
0: Yeah. Insane. No. I asked the question yesterday on the radio show. We'll start with college football. I asked the question, bigger headline entering this week, Oklahoma State being 6-0, because I don't think anybody anticipated that was going to be the case, and getting that come-from-behind victory in Austin, or just the superstar that Caleb Williams is.
1: Uh, I mean, it's definitely got to be the Caleb Williams thing, because he had a superstar in front of him. Like, who, in their right mind at the beginning of the season, would have ever imagined Spencer Rattler would just completely crumble halfway through the season and Caleb Williams would be starting. I mean, I guess you could, you know, injury always an option, I guess. But, you know, but who assumes injury going into a season? You never assume anybody's going to get hurt. You're just assuming, I mean, I guess there might be a couple of dudes that you're like, yeah, guy's probably going to get hurt. He gets hurt every year. But Spencer Rattler, not that guy, not that case. So, like, why would you imagine he wouldn't succeed? He was kind of penciled in. I'm not going to say, you know, permanent sharpie in, but he was penciled in to be possibly the top pick in the NFL draft, definitely top five. And a Heisman favorite. he was the actual odds on Heisman favorite he So year in, in what
0: world? when this season started, according to almost every Las Vegas sports book, he was the betting favorite to win the Heisman and he was the betting favorite to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft in almost so every sports book in what
1: world can you imagine, especially the way that he played the second half of last year? Like you saw we saw him play at a high level to end the season last year and like obviously really built up some like probably obviously um exaggerated expectations going into this season. But, I mean, at the time, I didn't think that they were exaggerated. I thought they were pretty spot on uh, as far as what he was capable of at, you know, his highest level. So, I mean, look, Oklahoma State being 6-0 is incredible. But, like, am I shocked that they beat Texas? No, they play Texas really well, especially in Austin. And Texas is Texas. They're not great. Like, so, I mean, if you look at Oklahoma State's schedule, like, they played really well. Their defense is very good. But, like, looking at their schedule, like, there's nobody that they've beaten that I'm shocked that they beat. Baylor's a good team. The but Baylor like, win is, going is a really this-
0: good win, but yeah, I'm not shocked that they beat Baylor. I think it's more about the fact that there are some very obvious limitations with Oklahoma State as a football sure. team, and they've been able to navigate their way through a minefield every Saturday, right? Like every, every game they've played, they've legitimately had opportunities in that game where it felt like the game could slip away from them, and they've found a way to, to get through it unblemished. Right.
1: For sure. Like, I'm not saying that it's not impressive and it's right, not right, a, right. A, a huge accomplishment for Oklahoma State to be 6-0, but that is completely – like, them being 6-0 at this point is – I I can – if you told me before the season, I'd be like, well, wow, that's pretty impressive. I, I don't think yeah. I'd put money on it, but, like, I could see that happening. Like, that is conceivable in my mind that they start 6-0. Caleb Williams playing was not conceivable <laughs> in my mind at the beginning of the season because Spencer Rattler was the answer. Like, he was the best – college football quarterback going into the season. There was no way in my mind that Caleb Williams was even going to see snaps outside of like how he was used in the beginning of the season in some like, you know, gimmick packages on the, in the red yeah. zone or something like that. But I mean, I'm obviously, I, I guess I was wrong. I think a lot of people were wrong about the quarterback situation, in Norman, because Caleb Williams is by far the better quarterback.
0: Oh, it's not even close. Yeah.
1: I don't know if he's more talented from a, from an arm perspective. Like, a, like his arm talent's great, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know comparing them, but just for, yeah, close. Yeah. So like, but just as far as being a quarterback and winning football games and playing like winning football, Caleb Williams is far in a way better than Spencer Rattler is right now.
0: If you had asked, who did Oklahoma state play in week one?
1: Like uh, Missouri state,
0: Missouri state. I was, I was thinking like Western Missouri, but I was like, I know that's not right. If you had told it's me the minute that the final buzzer went off against Missouri state, that Oklahoma state was going to be six. No, I'd have been like, you're insane.
1: If you had told me after
0: the Tulsa game, Oklahoma State's going to be 6-0, and I would have said, you're insane. If you had told me at a halftime of the Boise game when they had, what, seven yards passing? Yeah. That OSU was going to be 6-0, point. I would have said, yeah. you're insane, right? Like, so, I think it's maybe, for me, closer than it is for you. But ultimately, I agree with what you're saying. Caleb Williams, not only replaced the guy that was the betting favorite to win the Heisman Trophy and to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft. But he's been infinitely better in a game and a half than, than Spencer was at any point this season. And we watched an Oklahoma team that myself included, a lot of people said this is the year. If they're going to win a national championship, this is the year. And for five games, they haven't looked like a national championship contender. You, you make one change at the most important position on the field, and all of a sudden they look the part, right? They went
1: from being a team that when Spencer was in there, it, it just it felt like getting to the Big Twelve championship game was going to be like a grind and like it was yes. really, they were really gonna have to the work just to get into the top two spots of the Big Twelve because I mean a loss was inevitable. Like you watch them play, I, I would say going back to the West Virginia game. I thought they played well against Nebraska. I know that game was close, but like the way that the team played overall, like I, I felt pretty good about them after that game. But after the West Virginia game Going into Kansas State and then the first half of Texas, it just felt like they were – a loss was inevitable. It was only a matter of time before they they just didn't escape or make that play at the end of the game or the other team didn't screw it up or whatever. And it probably would have been that Texas game. If they don't make that switch, they're probably – they got that loss again. They lose to Texas. I don't know about TCU, but like it was going to be a grind just to get into the Big 12 championship game. And now, look, there's obviously issues in the secondary. Like that's – I mean the TCU receiver Johnson just – he just – good God just well, annihilated. He's this. also really but, good.
0: Like, you know, sometimes yeah, well, I think we fair. get so caught up in being like, well, oh, you just really sucks, which they're yeah, not good was... in the secondary, but you also have to give that guy. I mean, what was the one that he took for, was it eaten? Maybe in the
1: corner of the end zone where he just grabbed out of his hand. Like,
0: like it was really good defense actually. <laughs> yeah. It was a great play. Like yeah. Johnson just made a great play on that one. Now there were other ones where the Oklahoma defense was just really bad, but yes.
1: So, but that, that issue has been exposed, but like, I think this is like, I think this is a pretty damn good year. If you're going to have a struggle at like a mediocre secondary in college football, like if you look at the top teams, I, I like what is like Ohio state's the one team where like, I look at their like weapons on the receipt at the receiver yeah. position and think like that's a big issue. But like Alabama, Georgia, like Michigan, like these aren't necessarily teams that I look at and say like, OU secondary struggling is going to be like, it's going to kill them because those teams just, I think they match up pretty well against those teams and what they have. But Anyways, they went from, like I said, being a team that's going to struggle to get in the top two, and then Caleb Williams comes in, and I think that they're, I think it will be an absolute, like, everything has to go wrong for them not to make the playoffs at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I thought that it was going to be a struggle to get through this season unblemished. I I felt still pretty good that they were going to find a way to get to the Big 12 championship, but to your point, it, it wasn't like I just thought there's no way they couldn't be there, and now it's like... I would be stunned if they weren't there. In fact, I would be stunned if somehow they didn't uh, find themselves back in, in the playoff push as we enter those those final few weeks. And look, I also love the fact that they wrap up the season with at Baylor, Iowa State, at Oklahoma State before the Big 12 championship game. So there's there's a gauntlet following this Kansas game and Texas Tech game to kind of get them ready for that stretch run uh, that, that we'll really see, you know, it, it, they'll truly get tested before, you know, it's it's time to say whether they're deserving or not but it's incredible the injection of life and energy and just joy right like this is a football team that looks like they're having fun with Caleb Williams on the football field you I mean we talked about
1: it last week how like it just all of a sudden because uh Caleb Williams is in there the the offense works like everything it looks like the classic Lincoln Riley offense like they're running they're running read options like Kennedy Brooks has huge holes to run through. Uh, Like, out of nowhere, for some reason, all the receivers are always open. Like, you talked earlier in the season, we were talking about, like, the play—like, the receivers not really being playmakers right now, not being able to make plays. And you you pointed out that Michael Woods could be that guy. Well, he's become that guy. Like, he was making big plays, had a couple big plays against TCU. All of a sudden, Jaden Hazelwood is a huge X factor and has three touchdowns. Like, now they have three receivers that are legitimate receivers to go to in a game that can make plays, whereas, you know, the first five games of the season— None of them were making plays. I mean, maybe Marvin Mims would have a play downfield every now and then. You know, you, you do a coin flip. It's either going to be an interception, 30 yards downfield, and double coverage. Or, you know, maybe Marvin Mims makes a play. But, like, now they have a legitimate playmaker at running back, which they've always had. They just weren't going to him enough. And Kennedy Brooks. But, but now they have, like, a, they have a deep receiving core. Uh, I mean, obviously they would always have it. But now they're utilizing it a lot better. And those dudes are able to get open now. And it, it's been, you know, six quarters. So, like, I, I, I realize that I'm, you know, kind of jumping the gun possibly a little bit here. But...
0: I mean, I six think quarters. Like I don't think you are. Six
1: quarters. They look completely different. Yeah. It is a completely different offense than it was two games ago.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, number Every, one, everything works. What he adds by himself in the run game, right? Like this is a, a, a like it's a numbers game, right? Like they have eleven defenders, and if you have to, if you demand the attention of one of those eleven guys because of your quarterback's ability to run the football, then that takes away a defensive player somewhere else on the field, right? So immediately there's one less body to take away something else so when we say there's a guy open like yeah of course there is because his running ability a demands some attention there his running ability also opens up the run game for his running backs which again is more attention the defense has to pay to that part of the game as opposed to just letting you know their their front whatever their defensive front is in any given formation 456 instead of just letting those guys Try to to win the line of scrimmage and get a stop so just because of his natural ability and what the defense has to account for there are big time opportunities for that offense and it opens things up for the pass catchers here's the other thing though how many great throws have we seen Caleb Williams make I mean the Jaden Hazelwood touchdown in the corner of the end zone right like you great couldn't pass. defend that better well hang on which one the back shoulder one, I the back shoulder you're talking one. About. yeah yeah the great pass you can't defend that any better like no it's it, somebody tweeted me on on Saturday night as I'm, like, gushing over how great Caleb Williams is. Well, the OU receivers are just wide open every play. Okay, well, yeah, they are sometimes, and that's because of Caleb Williams' ability, A, because what he brings to the offense makes your numbers weaker. But B, how he made some legit great throws. The back shoulder throw to Jaden Hazelwood is as good a throw as you'll see all year. The one where he's stepping into the pocket and throws off one leg to a receiver going from right to left... That was a great pass on the move. Like he is throwing guys open at the same time. There are plays that he is making where he's legit putting the ball in the only spot that those guys can catch it. And it makes those guys look more open than they actually are.
1: Right. Now, now to play devil's advocate, I do think like, I agree with everything you said. I do think he's struggling a little bit with the deep ball and I don't think it's an arm strength issue. I think he just is struggling like, yeah, with how much touch to put on the yes. passes. Cause he's, he's, he's short arming a couple of them, but like he's, to your, he's making incredible plays. And to your point about changing change the defense up, I mean, defenses. It's hard to run cover two, like and have both your safeties drop <laughs> yes. deep when you have a quarterback that can take off and run. When Spencer yep. Rattler's back there, like you know he's just going to try and throw. He's either it's usually going to want to go deep, so you take away the deep part of the field. He's and we found out that he's still going to go deep a lot of the times, even if you take it away. But it, yeah. So and his ability to extend the plays. I mean, the hardest thing to do in football at, the, at a, I think I would say at any level, but especially at a high level, at this level of college football or the NFL, is if you have a quarterback that can extend a play, it's so hard for a quarterback to yeah. keep up with a receiver for six, seven seconds. Like, eventually the receiver's going to get open. Somebody's going to get open. So Think about
0: the best offenses in the NFL. Every single one of them has a quarterback that not only can beat you from the pocket, but especially can extend plays. And when that happens, they're insanely dangerous, right? Mahomes. Tampa Bay's probably
1: probably the only one, and they have the greatest quarterback of all time. Right.
0: But Rodgers extends plays as well as anybody. Russell Wilson's hurt, but he extends plays as well as anybody. Kyler, Dak, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like, all of these offenses in the NFL that are really good have quarterbacks that extend plays. Because you can't, you just, you cannot defend for that long.
1: Can't cover everybody. Right. Every, like, especially as good as receivers are these days. You, yeah, you just can't, you can't defend them forever. So, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, Oklahoma looks legit. Like, obviously, allowing Max Duggan to go 346 and four touchdowns yeah. is not, a, it's not a great look. Um, I look, a lot, and a lot of those, a lot of those yards were Quentin Johnson making great plays. Like he had the long touchdown pass where he caught it down the sideline and broke a couple of tackles. Yeah, I think I think it was a 75 yard play. It might have been another one. He had a couple of huge plays, but like sometimes you just get beat. But there is, I think, there is still legitimate concerns about the secondary.
0: One 100 percent there is. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the biggest issue of the team right now, right?
1: I mean, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know any other really concerns that you would have. I mean, the front seven is fine. I like I have no issues with the front seven. They may not be like playing at the level they were playing at last year at the end of the year. But I, I still don't look at them as an issue by any means, and then obviously the offense is completely fixed. Yeah, all of a sudden.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing with the secondary. That group's not good right now. They're missing Woody Washington's loss is massive, and I've I've heard conflicting reports coming back about when or even if he's uh, going to be back this year. So um, I I don't know the answer to that at all. Like I said, I've I've heard. Uh, soonish and I've heard um maybe not at all so
1: well that's a broad
0: yeah well from different people a, I'm saying okay, okay. yeah yeah i sounds like nobody knows for sure that's that's kind of what I'm thinking um but he's massive if they get him back that's hugely important but Turner yells out that plays a big role they don't have Cradell DJ Graham is out you're also playing two freshmen that we're at the midway point of the season we will probably be better in four or five weeks than they are today with, uh, with McCutcheon and Billy Bowman. So it's, it's a group that I think there's an expectation by the end of the year can be better than they are right now, but you got to get healthy and get yeah. those fresh I mean, I one playing time.
1: I mean, I don't know how much worse they could play than they played the That's last true. couple of games. That's so true. <laughs> I, mean, that, yeah, I guess you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Like it's only uphill from here, but I mean, I guess you could just stay the same, but like you're not going down much.
0: Yeah. I was uh, I was asked on Twitter Saturday night and they ended up talking about this on the broadcast a little bit uh, later on. But I was asked, is there any chance Caleb Williams could could win the Heisman this year? And my immediate reaction, Aaron, was like, no. Right. Like I just like without thinking about it at all, my immediate reaction was just like, well, of course not. He missed, you know, five games like that's there's no way that's going to happen. But as I thought about it. thought you know what? There's a chance like I'm not saying it's the most likely scenario. But there is a chance. No. you ready for this? Guess where? Uh, guess where? Bet online has him uh, in the odds to win the Heisman.
1: I would imagine he's probably top five or six, but there's Fifth. no way. Fifth. Fifth. Okay, sure. Because they, because you know why? Because he's a hot guy, and he, you know they people. He, they know people will put money on him, but there's no way he wins. There's no way that the Heisman committee is going to vote for a guy that didn't play half the season. I don't know, or a man. Quarter of the there season.
0: will be I, there will be voters that just don't vote for him because of that. I agree with you.
1: There's going to be too many. There's going to be enough that won't vote for him because of that. That he's not. There's no way he wins.
0: The problem is, who do you vote for?
1: I vote for Bijan Robinson personally, but Texas sucks, so it's kind of hard. Exactly. Kind of, there's of,
0: also going to be voters, Aaron, that re- will refuse to vote for Bijan because of team success, right? Like Texas right. losing games will keep them from saying he's the best player in the country.
1: So who who are the other four guys? Obviously Matt Corral, C.J. Stroud's in there, C.J.
0: Stroud and Bryce Young.
1: Bryce Young. I honestly I CJ Stroud maybe. I mean he's completely turned his game around. He's been fantastic. After the game. first couple of games. Yeah. And they're good.
0: So he,
1: I don't know. he I don't missed like a game, to game too. Guys.
0: Remember he missed a game and his That's backup. The wrong game, though. Well, the, my, Caleb Williams didn't play for four. He, but when CJ Stroud was out, his backup came in and threw like four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Like the offense Caleb, was just, just as good. Caleb, Caleb Williams backup has like fifteen hundred yards. I know, but my point is maybe the biggest argument for Caleb Williams winning the Heisman is what we watched Oklahoma's offense do for five weeks without him versus sure. That's an what argument. they're doing I, with him. I will say this too, though. Like, this is a terrible year for the Heisman. It's too. a terrible—that's like- why there's a chance. In any other season, if Joe Burrow was playing right now, there's no chance, right? If, if, if we're in the Heisman race that featured Kyler and Tua, there's no chance. Well, I mean, look. I mean, even I mean, how many
1: years has it been? There's been no competition for the Heisman. It's been like last year. There was competition, but it's all Alabama guys. So like, yeah, going back like five or six years, like it's really just been one dude running away with the Heisman every year.
0: Well, Kyler in two his year I thought came down to the very end, but
1: yeah, yeah. But Kyler, I mean, we watched Kyler. We knew we anybody that covered OU knew Kyler was the best player in the country.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's we don't voting. have Heisman Which, voters from just one region. Right, I, there are right. nine hundred of these people, saying. coast to coast. I'm,
1: right, I understand what you're saying, voting perspective. Like it was yes. a close race. Yes, but I never had any doubt that Tyler was winning the Heisman. Maybe, maybe Baker's year. Who was who was in Bakersfield? Not the town, like two words, Bakersfield. Yeah, I'm trying field. to
0: remember who the runner-up was that year.
1: Um, was it uh, Was it a receiver? No, th- I'm, I'm getting it. I'm thinking of the year before when Didi was a finalist. I'm gonna have to Google it because I don't remember. I assume Deshaun Watson was a
0: finalist. I mean, I Baker was a runaway, so I don't remember. I know Baker wasn't who was even close that finalist. year. Uh, Lamar was a
1: finalist, Saquon. Or I'm getting mixed up. God dang it. Well, I, I I Google 2017 Heisman finalists, and the first thing that pops up is. Uh, preseason 10, early 2017 Heisman finalist. It's
0: four years in the future. Bryce Just give Love me the results. Bryce Love was the runner-up. Bryce Love. He had a great year that year. Yeah, he was great. But no
1: chance. That. Faker was running away with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar was third. Saquon fourth. Rashad Penny from San Diego State was fifth. Rashad Penny fifth. Not that Mason Rudolph was seventh, by the way. But yeah, oh, yeah. Um, like there's nobody, nobody... That is running away from the pack. In fact, like I, I Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud to me are almost interchangeable at this point.
1: I think Bryce Young has shown that he's uh, his game is too flawed to win the Heisman at this point. I
0: would agree with that, and I've been pointing that out since week one. Let the record show. Yeah. Um, yeah. C.J. Stroud has gotten better. Like Bryce Young was better than C.J. Stroud early, but a lot of that was, I think, because of the team around him. C.J. Stroud, I think, has progressed more than Bryce Young to this point. In fact, I think C.J. Stroud's been better than Bryce Young to this C- point in the C- season.
1: C.J. Stroud, too, also is in an offense that's set up for him to, like, continue to put up big numbers and win games. Like, his, I mean, they receiving cores. I, I'm probably the best in the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, Alabama's in far behind with Mechie and Jamison Williams.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but, we're, if, okay, sure. But C.J. Stroud, like we just said, is at a better point right now than Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, and he's played one less game. Some of it's the quarterback, Aaron, and not just the offense. Like C.J. Stroud is sure. pushing the ball down the field. Bryce Young is Mister Checkdown, well, Mister yeah. Checkdown.
1: <laughs> it's just the, the crazy thing about this whole conversation is if Spencer Rattler just did maintain the level he was at, at last year to end the season, he'd be running away with the Heisman. Yeah. To go, if he went, obviously winning the season season is the favorite. If he just maintained the level he was at last year when he ended the year, nobody—it wouldn't be close. Yeah, because there's, like you said, there's no other guy that is like just kind of separating himself at this point. If Bryce Young
0: continues to play the way he's playing right now, there's no chance he's winning. Um, I I think Ohio State would have to win out, and I mean, put up massive number. He'd have to put up massive numbers every week. Matt Corral may not even play this week. And it almost feels like he's just kind of the default guy at the moment. And I'm talking from, like, my opinion of what the nationwide perspective is. If Caleb Williams, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if Caleb Williams plays the same level of football that he's played for the last six quarters, the rest of the year, and OU's undefeated, there's a legit chance.
1: I Look, if you want to have a conversation about him getting invited to the ceremony... I'm all in, but no chance he wins. Look, if see C- if Ohio State wins out and CJ Stroud plays well throughout the rest of the season, there's no way he doesn't win because they still play Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Like those are th- right now, that's three top ten opponents. If he plays well and they win those games, or even if they win two out of those three, and let's say Ohio State finishes ten and two, if CJ Stroud plays at the level he's playing at now, I don't think there's any way he doesn't win the Heisman. Like for me, he's my favorite. Obviously, we both think that B. John Robinson is the best player in the country, yeah. but it's hard to give it to a running back on a four or five loss team.
0: Well, that's just because people think there are these, like, Heisman rules that don't exist. For sure. Like, some, somehow somehow this obviously... criteria got established that, like, you can't win the Heisman if your team loses three or four games, which is just nonsense. And, like... It shouldn't be that way, but it is. Right. It is no, it is. I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I, like I said, if I had a vote, I would give it to B. because I think he's the best player in the country, but... I know how the voters think, and I know that. Yeah. Although everybody wants to blow smoke up Texas's ass right now, even after losing two games in a row, it's still not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But yeah, you I think you got to have like Derrick Henry level production to win Heisman is a running back at this point. Agreed.
0: And I think you also have to be in a in a year where the quarterback class isn't setting the world on fire like this, this is year. A year, yeah. yeah. So. He will have to he will have to turn it up for sure. I mean he's he's played great, but he, he would have to turn it up uh, statistically the rest of the year. So he'd have to uh, break two thousand to yeah.
1: I mean yeah to overshadow Texas not being that good of a team. Agreed.
0: Uh the thing the thing about Caleb Williams though is there's literally zero margin of error, right? There, he like because you're only playing a limited amount of games, like you can't have an average game. Every game so has to be play, spectacular yeah. if you're gonna have a chance.
1: And you have to be making incredible plays.
0: Yes. Like, you have
1: to have highlight real plays.
0: Which which he he has so far in every quarter he's played.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, it's been incredible. Like, it's, God, it's just, you know, like, OU fans, like, when they're booing West Virginia, like, they kind of, like, you kind of walk away from that being like, man, OU fans are so spoiled. Like, Spencer Rattler's not not that bad. Like, he has not been great, but he's not been terrible and we're going to boo him and, like, chant for the backup. And then the backup comes in and does this, and you're just like, my God. Like, this is just – as long as Lincoln Riley's here, this is never going to end. It's going to yeah. be like a constant, like, getting the kid, child, whatever toy he wants every time you go to the store. Just yeah. letting him just pick out whichever action figure he wants. And him, it's just
0: – By the way, insane. Robert Allen, in the preseason Big 12 poll, voted for Caleb Williams as the the All-Big 12 quarterback. What? And the 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 Big 12 conference called him – and said, hey, did you make a mistake? Did you mean Spencer Rattler? And apparently he said, no. I meant Caleb Williams, because if he gets the chance, he will be the guy. Wow.
1: That's a... Uh,
0: and again, like, I'm not saying he's crazy for thinking
1: Caleb Williams could be the guy if he gets a chance, but just absolutely wild to think that he's going to get a chance. I agree. I, I
0: th- yeah. I, like, dude, we all saw the highlights of Caleb Williams, right? You know the skill set is there for him to have success, but none of us thought he was going to, like, get the opportunity. That's the thing. Right. Like, the guy in front of him is also a really talented dude. Number one pick in the draft and yeah. the Heisman favorite. Yeah. Could you imagine going into a
1: season and, like, looking at the roster? I'm trying to think of.
0: Did you see God. Stuart Mandel tweeting last weekend, how did how did Lincoln Riley leave this guy on the bench for five weeks? Like, bro, it's not like he had some guy out there quarterbacking this team Slug. that had never started a game that just stinks. Like Spencer Rattler, and they were undefeated. They were undefeated, and like Spencer Rattler wasn't playing great. But you said this a second ago. He wasn't horrible either. He, j- he no. just wasn't, he wasn't seeing the field well. I think he wasn't playing confidently. But it, it's not like the guy just stinks. And the guy also still has a, an incredible skill set.
1: Right. He's still going to be—he's going to transfer somewhere. I mean, hell, he might opt out. I don't know if he's going to opt out this season, but he might just go straight to the draft. If he goes straight to the draft, he probably is still like— Drafted in the top three or four rounds just based off of his like yeah. potential. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it's insane. Like, And I think that Lincoln Riley, I think he struggled making that decision. Well, I don't know. Let he definitely rephrase. did. You think he struggled making the decision? Yes. On who? Okay. I think that's a personal thing, too. I think there's some personal like, connection that made it hard on him. I have nothing to back that up. That's just my like I intuition, I guess. I agree. But it's also tough to make that decision because you know what Spencer Rattler is capable of. Yeah. And, and it's not like we're just basing this off of high school and Q and QB one on Netflix or whatever. Like Spencer showed he is has a lot of talent last year down the stretch of that season. Yes. Like we saw him play in football games at a high level at OU and play extremely well. Now, it just I don't know. He just couldn't replicate. I don't know if it was the pressure or what it was, but like it just it didn't click this year. It hasn't clicked yet. Maybe he transfers next year and stays in college and goes somewhere like Arizona State and just absolutely obliterates college football next year. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if he does that. I also wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if he just goes to the NFL and just, you know, gets drafted by the Titans in the third round or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, the guy, the guy has elite arm talent. So he's going to be given opportunity. Insane, insane release. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I've heard this compared to the whole, like, Tua-Jalen Hurts thing. Like, Jalen Hurts, especially at the time he was at Alabama, had very obvious physical limitations in terms of throwing the football like the The other guy is
1: doing what he's doing now is incredible compared to where he was at Alabama for sure
0: for sure like the other guy was a way better passer so it's not like like sometimes I think this situation is equated to that one but the backup throwing the football was way better than the starter as a quarterback like in this scenario the backup's more mobile but like from an arm talent standpoint I think Spencer Rattler's probably a little bit better arm talent wise, but it's close. So you're not going from a guy that's not a great thrower to a guy that is a great thrower.
1: Right. And like you said last week, and coincidentally enough, like Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit brought it up during the OU broadcast. Like the the going to two a thing in that game was out of desperation. Like they they had to throw the ball in that game to win that game. So yeah, it's not it's apples to oranges, but I, I think Caleb Williams. I think the one thing that he has shown right now that he has, that Spencer hasn't shown that he has, at least at a high level, is just like that instinct.
0: Yeah. For me, I think the thing that has separated him more than just the physical ability, which, as we talked about a minute ago, just his physical ability makes life easier for everybody on that offense because of the attention he demands with his legs and extending plays. But he is so poised, Aaron. Like, that's what makes him special. How many times have we seen Spencer Rattler... In these situations where the pocket's breaking down and he's overthrowing guys or like he's so rattled, he's not making the right decisions with where he goes with the football. Caleb Williams not only looks poised in those moments, that's when he's been at his best. He almost like his nickname is Superman, right? Like he looks bulletproof in those moments where everything around him is breaking down and he's like, oh, this is what I actually want to happen. Now I can just be the special player I am and go make a play like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's crazy and, uh, he, how
0: poised he is in the the breakdown plays, where you know that that's I think when Spencer Rattler at times kind of felt the pressure and and wasn't able to to overcome it.
1: Yeah, and look, it's only been six quarters, but like still the play, that the Caleb Williams play that stands out to me is the the draw that's the drop snap against Texas and where he found I think it was Marvin Mims in the corner yeah. of the end zone, like just to calmly pick the ball up after you drop the snap, yeah. go through a couple of reads and find a guy wide open in the end zone, and not to mention making you know, lasering that thing into the corner of the end zone. But yeah. And I think his arm strength's there. I think that he can obviously, I'm trying to think back. Did he have any snap issues against TCU? There wasn't any that really stood out to me. I don't remember one. I don't either. So, you know, obviously he works more with the first team, gets more comfortable taking snaps. So he will he'll be fine. But if he just like kind of figures out the deep ball thing on like where to put the touch, because like I said, the arm strength is not an issue. Watch him throw intermediate routes. Oh, like yeah. he just lasers that thing in there. Like his arm strength is there. It's just kind of figuring out, you know, where to add and take away and all that stuff going, going down the field. But, and his
0: best deep ball was the one that Michael Woods should have caught.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I know he can. I know he can make those deep ball passes. So if he just kind of improves on there, like, I mean, we might end the season saying he's the best player in college football next year. I don't think that's a stretch at all.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I would say this. I don't think there's been another player. He's only played six quarters. Again, it's a very short short body of work. But I've not seen a six quarter stretch from C.J. Stroud, Matt Corral, or Bryce Young that even comes close to matching the six game stretch that Caleb Williams has put together.
1: And look, from now until the Big Twelve Championship game, he's never he's not going to play in a more high pressure situation than he played in the Cotton in the Cotton yeah. Bowl. Agreed. Like. Everything for everything between now and the Big Twelve title game should just be easy selling for him as far as pressure goes because it's just maybe Bedlam. We'll see what Bedlam's like when we get there. We'll see where Oklahoma State's at. If Oklahoma State's undefeated or one loss or like they're really like there's real competition in that game to like make a move. Like maybe Baylor still one loss and then well, I guess oh, OU saw to play. Anyways, there's scenarios where we could play. Well, that they get has the final
0: three in. games of the year. They face the three best defenses in the Big Twelve: Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State.
1: Right, but none of those games. Theoretically, is he going to have to come from a huge deficit behind? Right. right. Because you'd assume, because he's so good and the offense is clicking, that they're not going to be, you know, three scores down at any point this season again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's crazy, man. That he's dude fun is to watch, man. insanely good. Insanely yeah. good. I mean,
1: he, I, I mean, I, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but six through six quarters, like, he kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's I, not as fast, but, like, just the, like, the, the wow factor watching him play, like
0: Dusty said yesterday, it's it's the if Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield were morphed into one guy, Caleb Williams is what I get. I
1: yeah. can see
0: that. I it's heard the comp though. yesterday, uh, or or on Sunday, I think Sunday morning, uh, I heard the Mahomes comp, which I kind of like in terms of the way that he plays, right? Because he's he's not like mm. Kyler quick.
1: No, definitely not. Nobody but needs. he's
0: got the same sort of like ability like he's athletic enough like Mahomes to to get away from guys in the pocket to extend plays to like laser beam those throws down the football field like again I'm not saying he is he is Mahomes but his style is a lot like Mahomes
1: I could see I want yeah you kind of like playing it in my head right now like I can see the way he moves around and like yeah he's always kind of looking downfield yeah like while he's trying to make a play yeah I could see that I mean, it's look whether it's Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, like weird, gross baby thing, or like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes or whatever it is. Like, those are pretty damn good comps for a kid that's played six quarters and he's 19 years old. Uh, absolutely, yeah, it, it, it's insane.
0: Uh, did you catch the uh, the Tennessee Ole Miss game or any of the uh, I saw shenanigans the trash that happened? Situation? I saw, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I saw the trash. I'm ta- oh, and I, yeah, I mean, I saw people throwing the garbage on the field too. I thought you were talking about Tennessee football, but
0: well, no, I meant the yeah. I I uh, I didn't see it play out live, but what a wild scene!
1: What are, okay, first off, what are we doing? Tennessee sucked for a decade. Now we're at a point where we're going to start throwing stuff. Yeah, how in the are field. you that angry when you've been that bad for that long? Right, and, and like all this is good. Like you lost to a good team. Yeah, with a you know quote unquote Heisman you know potential Heisman winner at quarterback, and you're yeah, it's my favorite I guess is the people that were the, throwing the,
0: their vape pens. Okay, well, come like, on. Like, who the hell's throwing a vape pen?
1: You would think anybody that vapes, I would assume that they just, like, cherish that thing and are not willing to just lose it. Right. I, I, look, my, look, my biggest question is, who the hell brought a bottle of mustard to the game? Amen. A full bottle of like. Amen. The, the mustard is free. You can get free mustard on your hot dog. You don't have to bring your own.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, who's the person that thought, well, I don't like the stadium mustard, so I'm going to bring my own French's. Or, <laughs> like... Or maybe they, they thought like they might be out of mustard, so I'm going to bring my own Frenches. Like the, are like, look, I don't, I've never been to Neeland, but maybe
1: for that 110,000 people that are there, there's like one mustard station for every 25,000 people. Yeah, and it just it's an you're gonna have to wait an hour just to get some mustard. So like maybe you're, that's the reason. I don't know.
0: I've never wanted a hot dog that bad to bring my own mustard anywhere.
1: Honestly, like knowing the world today, it was probably for some TikTok thing. Probably. Like oh, I'm gonna bring a mustard some mustard challenge. to the game and do it on TikTok. Yeah.
0: Somebody suggested yeah, to I... me that they filled it up with moonshine, which, you know what? If that's <laughs> if that's the explanation, then so be it. But you're still gonna get questioned for having a bottle of mustard. Yeah, why are you Don't bringing a bottle in is not of mustard? Anyways, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. How about uh, Ed Orgeron getting the axe? I've decided, Aaron. Yeah, well, I just, at some oh, point wait. in my life, huh? Hang on. Did you say getting the axe or getting the ass? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, nice. The axe. But yes, that too. I've decided my, my, I have a new life goal. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I just want to be so good at something at some point in my life where I have a contract that if I do anything wrong, somebody will pay me millions of dollars to no longer do my job. Okay.
1: Well, did he do anything wrong? I'm not saying this isn't like wrong or anything like that. not justifying it, but did he do anything other than just be a weird horn dog? Well, not that I'm aware of, but I did I mean, yeah,
0: I mean, maybe he did. I'm sure there are probably some things behind the scenes that we're not aware of. I'm probably so, but
1: on the surface, on what we know, there have been a lot of coaches that have done a lot worse than just, you know, bring some co-eds to practice. Right.
0: But my point, my point is, I just want to be so good at something that like somebody's like, if I do anything stupid or if I do anything that, that maybe reflects badly on my employer, that they say, we're going to pay you to not do your job anymore. That's the ultimate goal. I
1: just want to be so good at something that I get paid to do it.
0: Well, that too, but. Let
1: alone getting, you know,
0: paid to not do getting it. Getting paid to not do it, though, is next level, Aaron. You need to set that your is, you need to set your goals a little higher, man. Right? I'm, look, what's that, that, is, stu- what's that stupid motivational thing that's like aim for the moon, land in the stars or something stupid like that? I don't
1: know. Some, <laughs> some, I'm sure if I asked Rosie, she would know. Some some, like It's like BS a BS that hangs captain. in like,
0: a doctor's office waiting room.
1: Did you see the Ed Orgeron uh, little tidbit about him hitting on the lady at the gas station? Yes. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> like, this dude is <laughs> like... Tell the listeners, I wonder, it's, it's funny. You want me to read it? Yeah.
1: Okay. I got pull it pulled up. All right. Uh, Orgeron pulled up... This is from an excerpt from an article. <laughs> Orgeron pulled up to a woman at a gas station wearing exercise attire, and he said, quote, Hey, you are... <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, you look like you work out. I can't even. I can't, no, I can't, I can't work out. Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, hey, you look like you work out. In quote, he said, according to multiple sources, quote, we could work out together. The woman informed Orgeron she was married <laughs> and pregnant. To which Orgeron responded, quote, Why does that matter?
0: <laughs> That's my favorite. I'm pregnant, sir. So,
1: Why does that matter? The woman ended up. It, the woman was the wife of a high-ranking LSU official. Word of this Reese the LSU Board of Supervisors, the collection of prominent Louisiana attorneys and business owners appointed by the governor who make the most important decisions at LSU, and, of course, uh the LSU Athletic Director, Scott Woodward. So this dude's just like inability not to go hit on a woman at a gas station. A married pregnant woman. Right. He could have easily just been like, oh, well, no, never mind. Go Tigers. Yeah. But just. Uh, go back I to mean, the coeds, man. What are you doing? Right. But look, part of this is Ed is, you can look at it from one perspective where Ed is just a, he's a legend who just went in there as an old man who you can't understand and just bagged some co-eds or a weird creeper. I think it's probably somewhere in
0: the middle. I'm just here for the off-season LSU-USC race to land Urban Meyer's services.
1: What are you talking about? He won a game. He's, he's, he is a winning NFL coach, Colby. Uh. God, he's, guy I
0: cannot stand Urban Meyer. Does LSU, USC, arms race to land Urban Meyer this off season.
1: Book it. Do you know anybody that like openly is an Urban Meyer fan? No, I don't either. He's the most unlikable coach in football at any level. Give me Jason Brown from Last Chance U a hundred times over Urban Meyer.
0: Well, here's the: th- Do you want to win or do you want a likable coach? I mean, he'll he'll win oh, you football I'm games.
1: Not in the NFL, he won't. Well, I'm, I, yeah, college. I know his roster sucks, but still. Sure, he can win in college, but like I mean, you're gonna win in college and then he's gonna he's gonna have some scandal and then he's gonna resign because he has headaches.
0: Well yeah, and but then, you're gonna have a five year run where you're one of the best and all your programs. Win, yeah, in and all football. your wins
1: are gonna get revoked and like there's gonna be an asterisk next to your national title and like I don't know. Look, I'm not on the team. I'm I'm picking guys that I like.
0: I'm just saying, there there are people that want to win badly enough.
1: Sure. Well that's why he keeps getting jobs. Exactly. He's had scandal after scandal, and he's getting jobs, high level jobs too.
0: USC or LSU, book it. Also, I love that uh, there's a lot of Dabo to LSU rumors, which would be juicy. Uh,
1: I mean, I guess to get in the SEC, but other than that, why?
0: Well, LSU's a better job than Clemson.
1: You're right also now, getting in the yeah, yeah. I mean, LSU by Clemson far is better good than USC.
0: because of Dabo.
1: Yeah, but I mean, so. I mean, you can look, I, I'm looking at it this way. If I'm Dabo, I could stay at Clemson and just have an easy road to the playoffs almost every year and yeah. be in the national title picture almost every year. Or I could go to LSU and be in the national title picture once every four years.
0: I mean, with LSU, just in his backyard with what he could bring. Look at the LSU roster right now. They're a quarterback away from maybe being the best team in that's college story football.
1: LSU, that's the story of LSU football, other than the two years they had Joe Burrow forever. Exactly. They've had two exactly. good quarterbacks in 30 years.
0: I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why it's a better but, job. But I, I, yeah,
1: that is weird. I that's always bizarre to me. Like the why LSU I doesn't get, ever have quarterbacks, but like because they've changed coaches and they just the quarterback situation never changes outside of like Jamarcus Russell and Joe Burrow transferring in. But
0: did Jamarcus Russell transfer in?
1: No, 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 I'm saying the, oh, outside oh, of Jamarcus oh, outside Russell, of Jamarcus and, Russell and, okay. and Joe Burrow. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because okay. Joe Burrow wasn't recruited there. Yeah, he was like, an
0: Ohio State guy. Right. If he
1: ended up, if he, you know, doesn't lose the job to Justin Fields, then yeah. they don't get Joe Burrow. Yeah. They don't win that national title. But, uh, yeah, I've, I mean, that's a huge get for LSU. I mean, they I don't know if they could bag a better coach than getting Dabo in LSU. Yeah. And I'm not a Dabo guy, but you can't, that, that's the best case scenario.
0: Well, this is like the Urban Meyer thing. Like, you may not like him, but he's a good football coach at the college level.
1: I I don't hate Dabo. Dabo just annoys me. I, like, to my core, don't like Urban Meyer. But, I mean, that's a great hire. I don't think I'd do it if I was Dabo, like I said. But, I mean, if I'm any coach, and it's between LSU and USC, it's not even a conversation. I'm going to LSU.
0: Yes, 100%. And here's the other thing. We also have to, like, part of the equation here is the changing landscape of college football and the power struggle of college football and Dabo looking not just at next year, but 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028. Like to be in the sec at that point may mean a lot more than being the best program in a bad conference. That's
1: fair. We don't, I, mean, I mean, we don't
0: know it, what the structure of this thing's going to look like.
1: You could go to LSU and you're kind of settling in with a home with a really good home and a good foundation. Or you could say Clemson in a house that like could collapse any day. Yeah. I mean that's, that is that's a fair way to look at. it is if you, it, now is the time. if you get in the SEC, you're basically getting your like program stability.
0: Yeah. I would take it. By
1: the way, we, by the way, can we just get that rolling and just have it next year? I don't. I don't want to. Oh no. I i just give me the super SEC
0: now. I'm in. I am in. Um, you want to hit NFL?
1: Uh, absolutely. We didn't even hit NFL last year. I know. Last week we just. I know. So well.
0: Much. The OU Texas game was so stupid w- last Te- week yeah. that we spent the entire episode talking about that. Uh where do you want to start? Um we'll start with your Cowboys, because okay.
1: uh, first off, I t- WTF, what is Trayvon Diggs? Like, first off, I mean a huge Trayvon Diggs fan after hard knocks and like his kid little kid like this cutest little kid ever. Like, yeah, yeah let's go, Trey. But this dude is what is going on? Seven picks in six games, and boys he's had two touchdowns, two right? Two pick sixes, yeah. He has more touchdowns than Stephon Diggs has this season. Well,
0: until last night. Stephon Diggs tied him last
1: night, I guess. He tied—okay, Stephon yeah. caught one last night. That's right. But, like, I mean, they're— I mean, the Cowboys, I said it a couple of weeks ago, like, they they have to be in that conversation for the best team in the NFC. I don't think there's any, like, doubt that they're in that conversation now. Um, Dak, Dak might win the MVP this year. Like, it, it's crazy, too, because Dak might win the MVP this year, but, like, Kellen Moore is doing such a good job of game planning that— there really hasn't been a game where Dak has had to like do go crazy. He's just been super efficient yeah. and just super and super good. But like he outside of Tampa Bay, like it's not like he's had a game where he's passed it forty times. It's all just been twenty-five to thirty attempts, and I'm just gonna make the right play every time and just be excellent. I mean, yeah. he, like I heard this comp a couple uh, a couple of weeks ago that Dak Prescott is this generation's like Drew Brees and Tom Brady from from an, like a pre-snap ability, from you're never going to outsmart yeah. him that's pre-snap. Right. He, like he's never not making the right adjustments. He's never like overwhelmed by what the defense is showing him. And then his ability to obviously execute the play after the snap.
0: He's been really smart with the football. I, like the main credit I've given this offense overall is just understanding, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of this episode with Caleb Williams, like understanding where you have an advantage on the football field and taking advantage of it, right? Like, sometimes I think football gets so complicated to the point that, like, everybody's trying to outsmart themselves and the other team. Like, sometimes this is just as simple as, where can my team beat your team? And let's go hammer that spot. And then when you adjust, we're going to figure out where you took something away to make up for this leak, and we're going to go hit you in that spot. And that's Dallas has done a great job since the Tampa Bay game at doing that. I thought they did a good job in the, again, the Tampa Bay game because we talked about it because Tampa Bay Squad yeah. seven is so
1: elite that like you're crazy to run it 30 times yeah. against them and think you're going to win. That's you what I'm have saying. To attack their I, I didn't
0: mean like they didn't do it that Oh, including the Tampa Bay. I, yeah, including okay. that one. But yeah, I've, I meant gotcha. like since week number one, every week this year, they've done that.
1: Now, it does help. It does help to have the plethora of weapons For sure. that they have that you can manipulate your game plan week to week and be successful. But like, as good as like, first off, I think Dan Quinn's done a good job. Obviously, Kellen Moore's done an amazing job. I, I, I hate that the Cowboys are, they're 5-1 right now. I hate that they're 5-1 because people are going to give McCarthy some credit, and I think McCarthy has been one of the most mediocre head coaches this year. Like, his time management is so bad. Like, why are you calling a timeout with 20 seconds left in that game and not just burning the clock down?
0: Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to criticize him too much because they're 5-1, but it's, it's a worry.
1: I just don't want to, like, I, okay, I'm not going to criticize him too much either, but I just really hope people aren't praising him too much for them being five. Well, I
0: promise you nobody's praising him.
1: Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, everybody, we all know he's just a placeholder, right? Yes. Whether it's Kellen Moore or somebody else, like, he's not the long-term solution yeah. in Dallas. But, I mean, damn. They're, they're, just we talked about it before, like, the utter lack of time management by NFL head coaches is just mind-blowing.
0: Everywhere, yeah. He's not the only one. It's bad. Everywhere. No, he's not. The but, game Sunday yeah, I mean, Dallas- was so frustrating, dude, because, like, if watching that game for four quarters, clearly, Dallas was the way better football team. Close, yeah. But it was like, they just, they could not get out of their own way. And it was one of those, like, they just couldn't string, like, positive sequences together. Like, they would do one positive thing, and then they would do a negative thing. And then they'd do, like, two positive things, and then a negative thing. They had the turnover on downs in the first half. They had the interception in the end zone. They had the fumble into the end zone. Uh, like... The fact that they were trailing at halftime was mind-blowing to me, right? Like, Because they dominated that first half, but just too many big mistakes. And when they missed the field goal with, what, about three minutes left? Like, I was so frustrated and pouting like a baby on my back. Just, I mean, like, legitimately, I, I will admit that just pouting like a baby that they had missed that field goal, and I'm like, there it is. Game over. It's done. They just completely... Piss this game away, they're the better team, and then Trayvon Diggs happens. And I go from pouting like a baby to literally jumping up and down like the Cowboys just want a playoff game, losing my mind, my, my phone, this, by the way, my phone quit working Sunday night. It might be because every human being I know sent me a text message after the Diggs play <laughs> and then after the next play um, checking on me, but I'm losing my mind on, on the play. Diggs play. And I'm watching this on a stream outside through my Apple TV. So I'm like, I'm delayed. So then Dusty sends me a a text that just says in capital letters, no, with a shit ton of exclamation points. And I haven't seen the play yet. So as I'm celebrating, I'm like, oh my God, the Cowboys are going to win. Holy cow. I get this text message and I'm like, oh no, what happened? What happened? So I'm thinking like, oh, are they going to call it back? And then I watched that play and the Patriots immediately answer with the 64-yard touchdown. I thought I was going to vomit everywhere. I was just sick to my stomach. Oh, what a mess. But they found a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, real at
1: halftime, though, I know they were down at halftime by four points, but was there really any doubt that they were going to win that game? Yes. Oh, come on. You as a Cowboys fan, sure, maybe in your head, but... Dude, I've
0: seen them lose those games like a million times.
1: Yeah, but against a rookie quarterback and like Belichick... And Josh McDaniels have been uber conservative this year with with Mac Jones. I mean, look, there was a play in that game which made me I made me respect and like Mac Jones so much. Where there was like some miscommunication pre-snap, and the Patriots called a timeout, and Mac Jones immediately went to the sideline, pissed off, and was like, "Why you call a timeout? Like I can handle this. Like like let me do my thing. Like, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I know where people are supposed to be." Maybe respect Mac Jones, that like rookie quarterback, like just kind of not bitching out, but getting frustrated with Belichick and McDaniels for not just letting him play quarterback. Yeah. But that was good. I mean, there's the top of the NFC is really good. Like the NFC playoffs are gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, assuming that, you know, these teams stay healthy, but give me Rams, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys. And honestly, like, yeah. the Packers probably have been the worst team out of those four. This and you didn't even
0: mention the bucks yet.
1: And the, yeah, right. I completely forgot about yeah. the bucks in that conversation. So, I mean, that's five out of seven teams right now that are making the NFC playoffs that are all, I, I I you I can see all any of them going to the Super Bowl.
0: I'm still not there on the Rams, but I I just I, I don't know what it is. I just I, I, there's something missing there that I just don't get. That like they could make a Super Bowl run. Uh, maybe
1: it's the it, well I I mean I would assume this quarterback position. I know Jared Goff's not there obviously, well, but it's just been maybe terrific. Stafford's been good. Yeah. Stafford's been terrific, but he's still it's still he hasn't done it. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't done it in the playoffs, so maybe that's the holdup. Is you, you don't really have that quarterback that you know what he's going to do late in the season or in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know if that's it, but I mean, it could be. I, I don't. I, like I said, I can't put my ever, finger on what it is about the Rams that like I just don't. I just don't have that it factor with them when I watch them. Like Kyler Murray hasn't done it in the playoffs either, but I absolutely they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl preseason. So
1: Arizona did smoke the Rams though. Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely helps, you know, the narrative to root for the Cardinals or to think that they're capable. I mean, the Cardinals have just destroyed everybody they've played this year on the road too. like they've got dominant, a dominant road win against the Titans who looked really good last night against the team that a lot of people thought were the best team in the AFC in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. a dominant road win against the Rams who are five and one. And then I know the Browns are not in a good place right now, but they absolutely destroyed the Browns this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's a good win.
1: Yeah, at Cleveland.
0: And to do it, like you said, to do it the way they did it. I mean, they won that game. I mean, as they were clearly the better team.
1: They weren't even close. They dominated yeah. from the get-go. But, yeah, NFC's fun. AFC, the AFC's a little bit more confusing to me. Um, I'd still, like, Kansas City's defense is so bad. But, like, in my mind, I'm still like, they've got to be one of the favorites in the playoffs. They make the playoffs, like, I get, you know what, let me rephrase. Baltimore is by far the best team in the AFC. Like, I, I don't know what other team you can make an argument for in the AFC being the class of that conference.
0: I still but, think it's Buffalo, but
1: okay. I mean, Buffalo is easily in that conversation. I mean, if Josh Allen doesn't uh,
0: slip last night, they win the game yeah, and sure. no, this isn't even a conversation, right? Like this is the, I, sometimes I think we overreact to the outcome of a game as opposed to like the whole game, the right. whole game and how good a team is like they lost that game. Yeah. Give Tennessee credit for winning the game. But I, I that for me doesn't change how good I think Buffalo is overall.
1: Let me make my argument for Baltimore, then. Okay. Win that comeback win against Kansas City. Great win. Yeah. A comeback win against the Colts, which I know the Colts aren't great, but they came back big again. Two primetime games where they came back from, <coughs> excuse me, big deficits, and then this past night is absolutely dominating the Chargers in Justin Herbert. I, I agree with you. The Bills are in that conversation. I think right now it's like it's a two-team race in the AFC with the Bills and the Ravens, and then if Kansas City can just figure something out on defense, they're in that race. But right now, Kansas City's defense is just it. I don't know, man. Like they're, it's a massive issue. Their offense is still good. Their offense is still first in the league in points per drive and yards per drive. They're just the turnovers and the defense is just. It's gonna be a tough thing to overcome in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I uh, I I do think the Browns at the end of the year will be st- back in that conversation. They got to get healthy. They got to get healthy. But I think a healthy Cleveland team is in the conversation because their style, right? It's defense and running the football when yeah. when they're healthy. Uh, defense has to pick it up, though. They've not played super well the last couple weeks. but um,
1: they got they got to make it through the next few weeks, though. Like if Nick Chubb misses another game or two, Kareem well, Hunt's obviously out for a few weeks.
0: They play Thursday night this week, and apparently it's a tough. Nick Chubb's not expected to be back by Thursday. So
1: And Baker's going to be a game-time decision. Yeah. I imagine Baker plays, but I mean he hasn't been good since he hurt his shoulder. That left shoulder is towards labrum. Right. Um, and I mean, look, he plays as long as Kansas City okay. has
0: Mahomes, they will be in the conversation, despite how bad they're playing right now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cleveland's got to survive the next like three to four weeks, though, and then after that, if they get healthy, like yeah. and make it the playoffs, like they, like you said, they will be an issue in the playoffs. But they've got to get to the playoffs, like, and it's they're in a tough stretch right now. And like you said, they play Thursday night against. Uh, Against the Broncos, who aren't exactly playing good football right now either. But
0: what's who's Buffalo's head coach?
1: Um, Sean McDermott.
0: Sean McDermott, that's right. Last night, this is such a pet peeve of mine. Last night, Sean McDermott decides, right? It's fourth down, it's a yard. You have one of the best quarterback runners in the league. The guy's a giant. What is Josh Allen? Like 6'3, six, 6'4? Six six, He's like 6'5. Six, 6'5, five. Six,
1: five. Six, five, 240.
0: Two, four, yeah. Like Josh Allen gets that, picks up that first down nine out of 10 times, right? Football fans universally criticize football coaches for being passive and not aggressive and settling for punting and settling for field goals. You have one of the best quarterback sneakers in the NFL and you decide, hey, let's go win the game. And he slips. Like, here's the thing. Sometimes bad things happen. Is it a gamble to go for it? Of course it's a gamble. But give me the coach that says, I want to go win the game versus... I just want to try and like tie it, and then maybe we'll you know win it and like go win the football game. I love the call, yeah. I love the it's a great I no call. The call. The amount of people okay. that I see, like there, there are people that I see every single week criticize Gundy for the amount of times that he doesn't go for it on fourth down. That were that were like making fun of Sean McDermott last night for going for it. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Because it didn't work. Like you think it's a bad call because it didn't work.
1: You you also have to look at it this way. So if they go for the field goal and go to overtime, sure, great. But if you lose that coin toss, you lose the game because – and I, I think we've buried the lead. The whole the whole lead of this Monday Night game is that Derrick Henry is the – yes. he's the MVP. As much as – the like, Dak has conversation, the MVP voting, but Derrick Henry should be the MVP this year. He's been so good for the last few years that like let's give him MVP. Like he has earned it. If he gets 2,000 yards, which at this pace he's going to – if they go to overtime and Tennessee gets the ball first, they're winning that game. Because Derrick Henry was unstoppable last night. Yeah. Like, you're not stopping him. So you have to go for that touchdown because the Tennessee offense, especially with A.J. Brown, like, starting to click later in that game as that game progressed through the fourth quarter, and Derrick Henry just being unstoppable, like, I mean, it's a 50-50 shot you're winning that game in overtime, whereas what, a quarterback sneak with Josh Allen, that's better than 50-50, I would imagine.
0: Absolutely. I would say, like I said, I think he gets that nine out of ten times.
1: Yeah. Overtime, fifty straight 50-50 that you win yeah. that game all in the coin toss.
0: I think you had a better percentage chance to win the game by going for it. Unfortunately, he slipped and credit Jeffrey Simmons for making a great play as well. But it didn't go your way. But that doesn't like I hate this whole like we want everybody to be more aggressive. But the first time you're aggressive and it doesn't work, then all of us. That's the risk you want people yeah. to be aggressive. Also, there's a risk with being aggressive. But like just because it didn't work doesn't mean it wasn't the right call.
1: Also, if you're Sean McDermott, you're very aware that you play in a shitty division and yes. you can afford to lose a game.
0: Well, what if the, but here's the other thing. What if the field goal kicker slips and misses the field it's goal? Then are we like, right. why did you Why did you decide to kick the field goal? That's a little pick of the game. Yeah, oh, it's so stupid. It's such a, ugh, I hate it.
1: It's I got super one of the best triggered last of the night NFL. over this. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Super triggered. Right it was the right call. Maybe. It just didn't work. Yeah. May, and look,
1: maybe if you want to make an argument that maybe you would have been better off like trying to like do some misdirection and maybe running Allen on the outside. I don't know. I don't maybe even think that was the I think
0: legitimately it was the right call guy just slipped I mean yeah I agree but I'm just saying like if the only
1: argument you can make is maybe call a different play but going for it 100 is the right call I agree going with the sneak is the right call because the quarterback sneak in the NFL works like 85 percent of the time like it's it's so hard to stop a quarterback sneak I'm like a yard to go or less than a yard to go like Tom Brady is one of the least athletic quarterbacks ever and he is you can't stop his quarterback sneak like it's just a it's you know it's just a it's just a play that works a lot. You only have to fall down, especially when you're six five. Just fall down and you get a first down. Yeah. But it didn't work, so.
0: What an idiot.
1: I'm glad, that, I'm glad it played out, though, because Tennessee being 4-2 makes the AFC a little bit more interesting than them being. The AFC North you know.
0: stinks, by the way. They, the entire AFC sucks outside of the West, but even the West isn't that good. Colts, Jags, Titans, and Texans, yuck. Two of those
1: teams are the two worst teams in the NFL, probably.
0: The Texans and the Jags, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And then, yeah, the
1: AFC's tough. Like the Steelers are three and three, but I think the Ugh. Steelers are one of the most boring teams to watch in the NFL.
0: They are yuck.
1: The entire AFC to the Bills' credit, like the Jets and Dolphins are freaking terrible. The Patriots are for I, the Patriots are a good two and four team, but they're still two and four. They still suck.
0: Give me your best, but, your favorite, or or most entertaining five teams in the league right now. Not best, but most entertaining.
1: In order or no order?
0: Uh, you don't have to put them in order, but you can if you want to. Okay. Uh, I think
1: Baltimore is incredibly fun to watch when they they were not fun to watch this week. Like I have no interest in watching Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray run for touchdowns. But like when they're down and Lamar Jackson has to like flip that switch. Yeah. Definitely one of the most fun teams to watch. I I low key love watching the the Bengals. I think Cincinnati okay. is so fun to watch. Um with all those weapons and Joe Burrow, like I enjoy watching them a lot. Chargers, obviously there's a lot of teams. God dang, there's a lot of teams I like to watch. Chargers. Definitely in that conversation, uh, Arizona and Ooh, who's my fifth. Mm. <laughs> Probably Dallas. Honestly, like I really enjoy watching Dallas. I yeah. hate seeing them win, but enjoy watching them play. Well,
0: yeah, they're fun to watch, like their style. That's what I mean. Um, I think the Cowboys and the Cardinals are... And again, I get that I have some bias. So, uh, Cowboys and Cardinals, for me, are the top two. Because I just think anytime they have the football, like, it's fun to watch. They're,
1: They're the two teams... and I would throw Tampa Bay in this conversation, too. But, like, Arizona and Dallas... When you watch them play, like it just it's it feels like every play, especially in the passing game, every play is just executed perfectly.
0: Yeah, I would add the Bills to my top five. They're fine. The Ravens are in consideration. I love they're, watching like a, the Chiefs, but you know for whatever reason that team just looks so like unplugged, right? Like they I'm, just they do not look like they're into it whatsoever.
1: I'll be honest. I'm over the chiefs, man. I've seen enough of, I've seen enough of this stuff. Let's, let's get something else in there.
0: Yeah. I just mean the whole, like watching them when they're like engaged, it's a really fun watch. I mean, their offense has
1: been unstoppable. And like you said, they're not even like tuned in. It feels like as a like collective unit, but there's a lot of good, I mean, honestly, like there, it would be easier for me to make a list of the five teams that I don't like watching than to make it five top five teams. I love watching. There's a lot. I mean, Likely A lot of teams I really, are really enjoy watching right now. Yeah.
0: Giants, Eagles, Washington football yeah. team, Texans, so all, Jags. All the
1: NFC East yes. and the South.
0: Yes. Lions.
1: If, if Derrick Henry didn't play for the Titans, all of the AFC South would be yeah. in my list of teams I don't like watching. Dolphins, I, yeah, Jets, I'll,
0: I'll, Pats, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh.
1: I like all the AFC West. I like all the NFC West too. Even, yeah, I mean, agreed. Gino's tough to watch, but like, even with Gino, I still can find some interest in Seattle. For sure. By the way, did you, did you see the end of the Seattle Pittsburgh game? No. Oh, did you see the DK Metcalf play at the end where he fumbled? No. Oh, okay. Go watch it. Um, so they're driving downfield late in the game. There's probably like 10 seconds left, 15 seconds, less than 15 seconds left. Gino, hits DK on the sideline, um, gets him within easy field goal range. Like they within, like, a, it's less than 50 yards. And uh, DK, instead of just taking an easy step out of bounds, tries to turn up field and just gets the ball knocked out of his hands immediately. Makes, oh. like, you know, clear a fumble. Jeff Swain, like, falls on his Seattle receiver, like, and sprints to the uh, middle of the field. They spike it, get the field goal, whatever. But yeah. the refs stop play to review the play to see if it was a catch after DK Metcalf had turned up field and run, like, three yards. And they stopped the game for, like, 10 minutes. It was oh. just, like, an absolutely embarrassment for the NFL in that situation that like it was clear that the refs were just trying to give Seattle like time to set up their field goal unit
0: Seattle or, like, benefiting from a referee call at the end of a game no Who would have thought right I just thought yeah that's bad clearly yeah. a
1: they were for like 10 minutes they reviewed it that's insane. and then so the outcome was that they reset the clock to like three seconds and obviously it's after review so like the clock runs on the refs whistle so, Seattle had plenty of time to just line up and spike it easy and then, like, have plenty of time to just walk their field goal unit on the field. And, like, it was... It's bad. It was, like, I hate... I, like, I don't care about that game, but, like, it was incredibly frustrating to watch that whole situation happen. Yuck. Yuck. Also, did GTK Metcalf, like, calling out Shannon Sharp on Twitter? Yes. Obviously not knowing who Shannon Sharp is.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, that was funny. Like, like it. it I, I'm assuming, but I think I feel safe in assuming that DK just thought he was just some guy on TV and like had no idea that he played football at the level that Shannon Sharp played football.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's good. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Team DK in that thing, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Shannon and he's joined. He's skip. a part of everything I hate about sports media. Yeah. Okay, skip. If I that promo makes me want to like impale myself.
1: Look, the only good thing that, in my mind, that Shannon Sharp ever did was was be a part or inspire the uh, the guy from Hard Knocks doing the impression of him. Yeah, that's fair. The best thing that Shannon Sharp's ever done is just be yeah. like enough of a character that somebody could do a good impersonation of him.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do tonight if the Red Sox hit another Grand Slam? I
1: mean, I probably won't be on the podcast next week.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. We, I don't know details of what I'm going to do, but I can probably go nice. and tell you I ain't going to make the podcast next nice. week. Tuesday
0: Davis is going to be canceled Tuesday next week. Tuesday Davis is happen. done with another Grand Slam.
1: Three in 11 innings. What do we do? Like, it's insane. Like, and I don't even know. Like, it's not even like. You, like I could be frustrated with the Astros, like, struggling in those situations because, like, it's just like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't like. I don't know. How do you respond to that? Like, I don't even know what you where you place the blame because, three, like, hitting grand slams enough is just so uncommon. Like the Red Sox had three all season, all 162 games. Yeah. The Red Sox hit three grand slams. And they hit three and eleven innings in this series.
0: Well, you may it, not even get a, a basis loaded opportunity in an entire series, right? Like, to let alone have it three times and to hit a grand slam three times. Yeah. God, I was literally when Schwerber went to bat last night. I was literally typing what's the record for the most grand slams in a single ALCS? And like, literally as I hit the button to send it, he swings on the 3 0 pitch. And I was like, Oh my God,
1: <laughs> man. It's like, God. and I want to hate the red. Like I don't like the Red Sox and I like, I want to hate them with like the same level of hatred that I have for like the Dodgers and Yankees. But I, I just can't get there because they're the Red Sox. Like they've, they were cursed for a hundred years. So it's yeah. hard for me to just like have this like deep rooted hatred for them. But man, I don't like him right now and uh,
0: <laughs> Well, obviously. They, yeah. Their
1: roster they're not their roster's not even that good. Just everybody is just crushing it right now.
0: Well, Kike, like, Kike has her, turned into like the greatest postseason player of all time right? this postseason. Like it's stupid how good he's been. And they've just like, Yeah, I mean it's just been very I mean opportune hitting.
1: Like Eduardo Hernandez had an area of 5 yeah. in the playoffs and like just mowing the Astros down who probably i wouldn't say probably like definitely have the best lineup in baseball this year
0: by the way did you see did you see eduardo uh rodriguez do the my time to correa
1: no i didn't see it. i saw the fan early in the game do it after correa struck out
0: so eduardo did it to correa and then correa was asked about it in the post game and he said i love it it's like this is what baseball should be about we should be allowed to like go back and forth and have fun with the game which i appreciate
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, the knows if he's gonna he's gonna you know throw smoke that yeah. he's gonna get it back when he sucks. Absolutely, like, yeah, that's fun. I love it. The uh, a lot of fun, and he you know it's it's good stuff. So I'm excited for tonight's game, though. They, I mean, obviously they have to win. Like if if they lose, the series is probably over. Yeah. But especially with the way Boston's played for the past two weeks, but Houston's good, man. I'm I'm, I'm I'm hopeful. So I know it's See, easy not to not
0: like the, you know, the whole like Dodgers, like go get Max Scherzer and Trey Young or Trey Turner and, uh, you know, Mookie like Betts. Mookie Betts. At the same time, I like them because the majority of that roster so you know. is like all guys that we watched play here, right? Like, yeah, Will Smith and, and Max I- Muncie and Cody Bellinger and Gavin Lux and Corey Seeger and, um, who
1: else Bellinger, I don't know if you said Bellinger, yeah, Bellinger and, Urias, and right? Walker,
0: Mueller, like, and Urius, and yeah,
1: like There are a lot of players. And I don't hate the Dodgers because they spent they buy players, like I think I just hate them because it's just a fatigue thing. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just tired of seeing them, uh, you know, in the NLCS yeah. and like in the World Series. That like, although they're down 2 0 right now, so we'll see what happens. I'm how about that two walk offs, man? Insane, it's it just like baseball is one of those things, one of those sports where like. Teams just have like there's just like they have this thing like there's I don't know if it's just like a, a destiny feeling yeah. in baseball for some teams because like the Red Sox and Braves have no business like playing as well as they are like being two wins away from the World Series each like but that's just baseball like you don't get that in the NBA and the NFL obviously like
0: yeah sometimes things just line up the right way I I, right, I tweeted out the things. night that uh, the Red Sox had that 13 inning game against the Rays. And the Rays had that unlucky bounce that prevented the run from scoring, and then the very next inning, Vasquez hits the the walk, walk off, off over the Green Monster. Yeah. I was like, those are the kind of things that, like, like you just said, destiny. I asked the question that night. I was like, are they a team of destiny? Because those are the kinds of things that somehow like just give a baseball team this extra life that like gets them to the finish line.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, that's what makes playoff baseball a lot of fun to me. Is just it. A lot of times, the best the best roster isn't the team that ends up winning because you just got to have the breaks go your way.
0: I mean, if that was the baseball, case, the Dodgers wouldn't have just one World Series in the last like five years, right? right? they'd have like they'd have won every year because they'd yeah. had the best team every year. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. All right, man. Uh, anything else before I let you run?
1: Um. No, I do. Look, NBA season starts tonight. And I, don't, okay. I did not know until about two hours ago that it, tonight was the first game of the season.
0: Somebody made me aware of this last week on the radio, so I knew it was happening. But I, you're like me. We both love basketball, and we both love the NBA. I just don't love the NBA in October, or November Man, for that matter. It's,
1: dude, we're, we're in the heart of football season and baseball playoffs. Like There's... Like, like, I'm watching... Like, Liverpool has a big game in a couple hours. I'm watching the Liverpool game, and then I'm watching yeah. the Astros tonight. Like, I am not tuning into game one of the NBA season. Yeah. No, it's... Especially yeah. when I don't have to talk about it.
0: I, yeah. I hate that it starts so early, and... Yeah. I'm an NBA fan, but it's hard to give the NBA attention when they play 82 games, and... Everybody makes the playoffs. Everybody makes the playoffs, and the first couple of months coincides with the second half of the football season and the baseball postseason.
1: season. And look, every team makes the playoffs and the NBA is not a team of destiny league. The best team always wins. Yes. Agreed.
0: Unless the, uh, the warriors lose like clay Thompson and Kevin Durant in a series right. or something like right. that. The, but yeah.
1: The Raptors with
0: like the only <laughs> team of destiny that I could make yeah. up for the past 20 years. Yeah. Oh man. So crazy. So crazy. All right, buddy. Uh, have a good week and, uh, I guess my Dallas Cowboys are off this week, by the way. Perfect. I mean, speaking of destiny,
1: but, like Dak has a little calf issue. Yeah, calf Perfect injury time and... to get a calf issue. You get two weeks off.
0: Yeah. Did you? Did, okay. I, I, I didn't ask this again, but fandom, where are we at? Have decisions still, been still, made yet? Still, still mingling. Okay.
1: Um, okay.
0: Play in the field a little bit. It, the,
1: the Chargers are definitely the leader in the clubhouse right now.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: But there's also, like, there's always been, like, teams that, like, I've always said, like, if I wasn't a Texans fan, I could root for them. And it was usually the Bears in Washington, and I just, I can't root for either of them right now. It'd be a lot easier for me to be a football team fan than a Bears fan right now, but they're both so hard to watch. It's the
0: worst run organization in the NFL, dude.
1: Yeah. It's, like, to that point, it's just a couch situation. Like, I like Ron Rivera a lot more than I like Matt Nagy, but, yeah. The, The Chargers are clear in a way the favorite in the clubhouse for my uh my fandom right now. neither will be Cincinnati in one of those a,
0: places in like two years so you probably shouldn't base sure. it on that
1: right Cincinnati uh dark horse but <laughs> if I I might as well just say a Texans fan if I want to just be disappointed every year for sure for sure all right uh, buddy
0: have a good week uh right. we will catch up next week barring any more grand slams in the ALCS we'll see what happens all right <laughs> it's
1: over.